0: time race how do i love the let me number the ways one love how the sun is untamed so much rain back time the summertime came twos for the music we bump when we cruise and i might go back but that's up we'll be three it's for the company chilling company. just mouth noises we're just gonna start with mouth noises just i'm, I'm warming up i'm doing the wrong <laughs> burger <laughs> name <laughs> mm, the i'll <Al-Nau laughs> now
1: brown cat hey guys welcome to episode <laughs> 26 of the collab cast a podcast about Pop culture and social commentary from an Asian American perspective. Episode twenty six, guys. We've been here for half a year now. Wow! Who could imagine We're that the we would halfway We would have lasted this that. long.
2: <laughs> Yay! Looks I'm, like we made it.
1: <laughs> I'm Marvin Yoe. That lovely voice you're hearing singing is my co-host, I'm sorry. Christine Niuji Chang. <laughs> Don't apologize. You sing every time, so I know. Everyone's I'm sorry. <laughs> And today we're joined by two very special guests. Um, back again, Jenny Yang. What's up, Welcome everybody? Welcome back. Comic organizer, producer of the Comedy Comedy Festival. I a know. Comedy Festival. It is up, a comedy somewhere.
0: festival yeah. that we're working with collaboration on, too. Yeah. Yeah. Yay.
1: And joining her is Clarissa Way.
3: Hello, everyone.
1: Freelance writer of food and travel and all, the all cool things delicious. Stuff. All things yeah? yummy. You nice. may have seen her on Andrew Zimmerman's Bizarre Foods America. And on KCT and all that cool stuff. Welcome.
3: Thank you. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Hey, I feel like I'm going
2: to so... get, get really hungry during this conversation. Yeah.
1: You might. Yeah. It you depends. Will. I will. I think from my experience, Minji's kind of hit or miss on Chinese foods. Like she either really likes it or really hates it. Really? I haven't
3: been hateful about anything. She hates hot pot.
1: <laughs> you hate hot pot? Why? I do hate it. Can we I talk just, about this? Why? You
3: need to go to Makoji in Arcadia. It will change your mind. About I've hot just pot. had
2: bad experiences. But what, what, what were they, why were they bad? I felt like it was, first of all, it was really expensive and then like the wait was really long for, mm-hmm. but, like I went to three different places, two were in the Bay Area, one was in San Francisco, one was... East Bay somewhere. Well, that's, and, that's, and everyone, that's where you went wrong. Everyone hyped <laughs> it up. The other one I went to was in Boston. That was supposed to be like a really good spot. You're going to the wrong place. Yeah. yeah. But, okay, in general, it was a lot of work. And it ended up, for me, just being like, they were just throwing random stuff in it that all just kind of boiled together. And I was like, how is this so good and so... Like it's for me, I get really disappointed because people hype a lot of stuff yeah. up to me, yeah. and they're like, "This is the most amazing thing ever." Well, and they it doesn't also, deliver. They
0: also made you wait an hour.
2: Yeah, and we you had waited, to pay like
0: twenty dollars like for boiled. 30, it was like twenty five,
2: thirty bucks, you know, with tax and tip or whatever. It ended up being like twenty five, thirty bucks, and it was just like for me, my experience, it was just boiled stuff. Yeah, no. it wasn't flavorful. It wasn't like um the first time actually was the least bad out of the three they got worse and so i was like i'm not gonna eat this anymore i'm not gonna spend my money or my i get it real estate in my stomach
0: minji the trauma is real i feel <laughs> it i feel it across the table but i have a feeling that like between me and clarissa we could probably rehabilitate you
2: okay no perception. i trust you
0: yeah oh, for sure. we just have to introduce you to the to it the right way Okay, I for one could always um, kind of introduce you to home style Taiwanese hot pot. I
2: would always prefer that over like yeah overhyped restaurants. That totally,
0: never... home style Taiwanese Taiwanese hot pot is so good. <clears throat> so I've good. loved
2: it cause like I've eaten a lot of I, I dated a Chinese guy so I got to eat a lot of like really good yeah food. you
0: ate a lot of Chinese, Hell food. Of Chinese mm-hmm. food
2: that was really really good that I never had tried in a Chinese restaurant It was gonna restaurant. be a
0: sexual innuendo
2: but I pulled back on it good <laughs> <laughs> I didn't catch on I was just thinking yeah. about food I'm hungry see I'm already hungry I called it. Anyway,
0: I was going to say yeah, something really good. bad
1: as a follow up, but I'm going to refrain. We're going to all refrain. But something...
0: <laughs> that's good. I, I mean, but the, but, <laughs> but I feel like that's good to know. I like to know my friends' like tastes. Yeah. And like, well, the first know, time she went trials. on
1: a rant about this was after the Boston thing because I admit that place wasn't as great as people said it was gonna be because it was just generic. Like the the quality of meat wasn't that great. Like oh, yeah. the broth wasn't that great. But
3: it's because people on the East Coast have very low expectations when it yeah. comes to Asian food. I know. Exactly. <laughs> I live in New York. Um, years. Yeah. But then she went
1: on this rant. And I was just like, oh, this is feeling so bad because like I know the same for you guys. Like hot pot was like a family, like special occasion meal, right? Yeah. It was like holidays. It was like really like special. Yeah.
0: And and,
1: yeah, so I got really sad when she was. Like, I'm sorry off about it.
0: I was.
2: See, but the- that's the thing, though. That's like our food is our memories. You know, yeah, it's, like it's our like identity. And I yeah. apologize. I did not mean to like <laughs> crumble your family memories. I was just for me. It's like when food. It's like I, I, I travel a lot, so I'm like I'm spending a ton of money. Um, and and when when you travel, you're very conscious of I have limited time here. Yeah, so I really want to try. The best things, like when you're when I'm in Boston, I made this whole big deal. It's like I want to try the clam chowder and, and lobster rolls, and I want to eat the best ones and blah yeah, blah blah. You know what I mean? Because you're like, this is one of my sacred meals, and yes,
0: like, why yeah. eating this? Hot pots p-
1: not probably what you would go for in Boston. Nah, dude. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. Lesson number that was one a bad mistake. That was a mistake. <laughs> when you're traveling outside of the West Coast or California, don't, do don't eat Asian food. Yeah. Honestly, that's like my general. I mean, I love y'all East Coast and everyone else. And like I actually had really good Taiwanese food in Chicago
3: when I went this year, but don't right? Why would yeah. you do that? It's more eat the exception. Chowder. It's more eat, the exception than the rule usually. Eat the white yeah. people food, or go on Yelp and type in Hidden Gem, and you'll find something good. Yeah. Oh, oh, I have true. never searched yeah. that. Good tea.
0: This is why Clarissa, do expert <laughs> Yelp research. That's
3: what I do when I'm in remote cities. Yeah. Nice, Gem. In the middle Gem. of nowhere.
1: I just hit up Eater and
3: or eater but if you're in like middle of nowhere california mm. gem, yeah that's a good because it's a cliche term. that all the yelpers use because everyone's <laughs> the same
0: i know because you oh. have to like distinguish yourself from people who are just everyday armchair uh, food reviewers right like you're a professional so it's like you have to avoid all the cliches
3: yeah but everyone else uses the cliche so you can
1: the use that to your was advantage little sticky and the service wasn't great <laughs> and so one star
2: Really not. The so Yelp worth is very like it's, it's very subjective. Like
1: it's such like food a food was
2: excellent, but I didn't like the angle at which I was seated because <laughs> the sun was glaring in my eye, one star. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> what what kind of restaurant is this? Have you ever
1: tried reading Yelp reviews of fast food restaurants? <laughs> oh is my god, the why bother? The food is not so, <laughs> the food here isn't so greasy. I'm like, yeah, it's McDonald's. <laughs> what were you expecting? The fries. Oh god. <laughs> See, I knew we did. I found that Yelp reviews, it just depends where you are. Like the ones in like New York and San Francisco are especially bad because everyone is so used to like, you know, like being a critic, right? Everywhere.
0: Oh, New York and San Francisco? It's obnoxious. Yeah. How about LA? <laughs> yeah, let's do that. Are we comparing cities and like the culture of Yelp reviewers? <laughs> What's new LA York? versus San Francisco and New I York? Feel like
3: New York is the most obnoxious. Are you kidding me? <laughs> everyone thinks they're a foodie. Like whenever a new restaurant opens, people will line up for hours. In LA, no one gives uh-huh. a crap. Yeah. Yeah. But well, they care once on, it's though.
2: Instagram famous or it's that's been true. featured true. on a blog. It's been well,
1: we've been through this before. Like, LA people are seamsters. So once it becomes big, everyone wants to go there. But the thing about LA, and I think um, it, that's different from the other cities, is like New York and San Francisco are very good for fine dining. Yeah. And LA is better for just eating. Yeah. Just stuff. I There's a lot of that. good stuff. Yeah.
2: Spoiled. So it's like, oh, you just walk around to
3: find something good. No, <laughs>
0: but like when people in New York line up, wouldn't that, Couldn't you argue that it's because they are foodies that they'd be, they have that level of commitment?
3: I mean, it's like what they read. Like, eaters, of the Bible. There, they see really? a new chef has opened something up, and they'll go just because of the new chef. Oh, here, okay. I think people are a little bit like, I don't care about the show. Is it good? Yeah. And if they think it's good, they'll go. Right. I think people here are a little bit smarter in that Dang. <laughs>
0: Clarissa. Clarissa
3: is just opening <laughs> up, just throwing <laughs> down. explains it all. I, I know. I that lie. is the title of this podcast. No, I mean, I was a food writer in New York, too, and that's just kind of my general impression of that city. Everyone's they just follow the trend like cattle. Ooh. <laughs> Dang.
1: Everyone... Everyone wants to be, a, in, in this social media conscious world, you got to be where you can be seen, right?
3: Yeah. Like, All, also, I've noticed that the people who call themselves foodies aren't actual foodies.
0: I hate calling, no one calls, whenever someone calls me a foodie, I correct them. Yeah. I tell them I'm an eater.
3: People eat. who uh, call themselves foodies are not foodies. That's how you can tell. Yeah. Interesting.
1: I'm a taste enthusiast.
3: I am. I'm a, gourmand. A, I'm
1: a flavor. Or gourmand. Oh, so that's more annoying. <laughs> rolling my eyes. I'm, I'm a flavor seeker. <laughs>
2: Flavor
0: so what I do like you call zones? yourself if you don't say foodie, then what do you say? Well, you, you can say you're a food writer. Yeah,
3: I'm a food writer. I do it more as a career as opposed to like, oh, this looks awesome. Let's. I mean, sometimes I'll do that, but only if it's hidden and no one has known about it.
0: I take eating very seriously is how <laughs> I put it. Because my family, my family culture... My family culture is not very close. Like, we don't talk, talk. Mm -hmm. We talk a lot about food. Mm. Like, we go over it. Like, we we critique it. We, like, compare it to other things we've had. My mom, like, is so good. Like, she'll, like, try to, well, if she, if we're at a restaurant and we all like it, she'll notice and she'll, like, taste it again and try to reverse engineer it and figure out how to cook it. Wow. That's how my mom rolls. I love your mom.
1: So Jenny Yang has been on like a billion podcasts at this point. Yeah. She went on the whole tour last month going on <laughs> Yo Is This Racist. Yeah. Yo um, Is This Racist with Andrew T. Ken Fong's podcast.
0: Ken Fong's podcast, Quarter Life Crisis yeah. with uh, Brenda Wong uh-huh. as well. We and you're also out. on
1: The Actor's Diet with uh, Actors Lin Chen. Diet with Lin Chen. And that's when I you talk about all this all stuff. Yeah. And when you were talking about just like how your mom was making like Tony Bing, like yeah, Have you had her
3: Tony They're uh, amazing. It
1: reminds me. <laughs> 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 it reminds me of the way my mom used to make it, too. I was like, I just wanted to reach into my radio and just grab it. What oh, is it? What I is
0: described it? The, yeah, I described yeah. the recipe for making tongyo being pretty much uh, scallion mm-hmm. pancakes. Mm-hmm. Ooh, I love yeah. that. On, on Lin Chen's Actors Diet podcast. Mm-hmm. Nice. And so, um, yeah, yeah I guess Marvin could relate. That's like the home style way of making it. And then someone else described, like an actual Chinese chef restaurant person described to me how you actually make it chef style, mm-hmm. where there's like more layers uh-huh. and more steps. And I'm
2: like, oh, maybe I should try that next time. You're quite the you are quite the foodie like you have your videos and stuff. I'm that, an eater. Yeah, Don't you're an eater. A foodie. Don't call her. You're me a not a foodie. I'm sorry. I apologize. How That's an F you. word. I
1: do How not. How dare F you? To I'm going to bleep that out. I'm <laughs> I know. <the> host. <laughs> so everyone thinks she said the F word.
0: Yeah, when it's you're like, oh, a, you're such <laughs> a foodie. <laughs> it's like. But that's the thing people don't know that like like food is such an important part. My friends know that it's a really important part of my life. And I think what's what's really been cool about hanging out with Clarissa and like, you know, uh, kind of engaging on food, cooking food with her is it really like turned a light bulb in my brain. Like, you know what? Like, why don't I talk about this publicly more? You know, like I want to talk to more people about food out there. You know, and so it's been really cool to, like, work with her. With yeah, versa. I mean,
3: I think especially with Asian food, we don't realize how much we know until we talk to other people. <laughs> it's like I didn't realize how much know. I knew yeah. until I talked to you. <laughs> I didn't know how much I knew until I started writing about it, and people were like, what?
0: yeah just because yeah. it was like coursing through our veins already through like exactly our upbringing yeah we're
3: so <laughs> spoiled by how dim sum is you know our regular like we go to dim sum places instead of church yeah like, that's, <laughs> just that's, our, sunday. that's right. our sunday morning ritual
1: yeah. Sure, yeah you have to go early too or else the lines get crazy
0: exactly you got to hit it up between
2: like 9 a.m and like 11 ish that sounds
1: excellent 11 is already too late I 11 like. can
0: get too late yeah. it
2: depends what's your yeah. what's what's like what are the key because you know everyone has their different signature dim sum dish that they think is the best yeah but then for me i always want to know what's the favorite of the regulars people who eat it all the time oh
3: Hagol, um so my shumai um mm, crystal shumai. shrimp dumpling um the rolls those shrimp rolls you know and chicken feet you yeah. know what
1: um i recently discovered at um at lunasia in uh, uh-huh. alhambra is the is the rice rolls with um the Coolers inside.
0: Oh yes, I yeah. have that at uh, Elite. That's where I go for mm. dim sum.
3: Yeah, so the top dim sum places: Lunesia, Elite, Sea Harbor. Those yeah. are the
0: top mm.
1: three.
3: I am starving right now,
1: dude. <laughs> Used to be NBC. But yeah, well, and, and yeah. the
0: and the role we're talking about, it's like a it's like a very. Um, fine white rice noodle mm-hmm. that you kind of wrap a like deep fried savory cruller that's not really flavored in like a, a in like a burrito. Yeah. People and might then, notice as the like one, a
1: Chinese donut. I think exactly. it's called something called. Yeah, you'll tell.
0: But at the one in Elite, they also fill it with shrimp.
1: Oh. Okay.
0: Okay. Hey. And then they douse it with like a yeah, light that, I love that. A light uh, soy sauce. Soy yeah.
2: Sauce. yeah. Mm-hmm. And everyone thinks that that soy sauce is like regular soy sauce where it's like no. super, super no, it's, salty. It's and I was like, yeah. no, it's thinner and it's delicious and light and lovely and oh yeah I'm starving anyway that's my favorite <laughs> so but
0: you know what I love about when I first discovered Clarissa online just as a food writer, writer that you know when I didn't meet her what I loved about Clarissa's work was that she would write up all the things that I was annoyed about when, like, people would try to hit me up for advice, like all the basic stuff, like basic Chinese stuff. Thank God, Clarissa like would put it into a listicle or like write it up so that, I, <laughs> so, that so that I don't have to answer their damn question. Like, I love y'all, but like, I'm Here's not going to tell you exactly. Yeah. I'm so tired of Here's telling you where my favorite dim sum places are.
3: I mean, what annoyed me about the previous state of food writing in terms of Asian food was that none of these writers would interview the chefs yeah. and they would just be like oh this elusive roll that has like shrimp in it and it's like no it's a like you can just ask the chef and he'll tell you what's in it yeah. and it's, you know it's not what's exotic and foreign they like they're humans they you know you can ask them these questions they think and, and they create things
1: what's you know ancient Chinese secret, you ah, know? Yeah, ancient <laughs> Chinese secret
3: which like okay, like so a pan flute in the chef's kitchen the best example is that the sandong beef roll that everyone talks about yeah mm-hmm. the scallion pancake and inside there's um beef flanks and yeah, yeah um, the new right? yeah. so if you google it it'll be sandong beef roll but mm-hmm. you can't find that in sandong that's not a sandong thing i think a food writer started it Why and everyone call it
0: a beef roll? i think it started
3: either from taiwan um one of my sources who's it's probably taiwan. Was the julia child of taiwan said it started in america so it's yeah. like an Amer, like a, an american oil. taiwanese thing yeah. but it is it's not from sandong
1: it's like a zhejiang thing right it's like shanghai area well shanghai something? they
3: have it but it's not with a scallion pancake they do oh. it with a flour and it's a crepe like i had that right right yeah i know I, I know what you're talking yes, about yes, That's yes, a yes, yes, mm-hmm. um so but, it's little things like that people just like copy and paste and they put the word exotic and like oh no yeah
0: because yeah, the thing is is like i've I, 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 from taiwan we love our scallion pancakes so much we will do anything with it so like even <laughs> since i was a child taiwan breakfast has evolved where like all of a sudden they're like putting, you know, scallion pancakes with egg and like other meats. You know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. usually it was just like like a crepe. Yeah. You know, yeah. but then they're like scallion
3: pancake with this. We're going to remix. We're going to
0: remix it. Remix <laughs>
3: 2.0. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think Taiwan for the longest time was the culinary capital of this is going to be controversial (laughs) but I think of Asia or quote the China area because of the communist regime a lot of the chefs and a lot of the creatives flew to Hong Kong 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 or Taiwan yeah Yeah,
1: because you had the cultural revolution taking place yeah
3: and a lot of the chefs um, were forced to go in the fields and like burn their utensils and all the books were burned anything anything traditional
1: culture was like banned like you just had to worship Mao pretty much yeah and And so so it went to Taiwan
3: and Hong Kong which is why L.A is the Chinese food capital of and this isn't controversial, this is a fact. LA is the Chinese food capital of America or North America or the Western area yeah. because the immigrants from Taiwan and Hong Kong came here. Yeah. Not New York or San Francisco.
2: Now you have the six two six, is that what it is? Yeah. yeah and
3: that's what the six two six is. Totally. It's delicious.
2: That's what I'm saying. Like I feel like my my experience with Chinese food has changed so much since this guy and just go into these restaurants and like trying food that Quite frankly, I mean, I grew up in the Bay Area, where there's a ton of Chinese people, but it's still not the the cuisine is
3: still not the same, and like the variety, and you know what I mean. Like it's it's really different here. Yeah, Yeah, I mean, it was because in the 1960s and 70s, this area was advertised as the Chinese Beverly Hills, Mm -hmm. and so people from Taiwan they saw it in the newspapers, and they're like, okay, we're going to Monterey Park, we're going to Arcadia and Alhambra. It's all like the good PR. Someone had a great
2: publicist,
3: real estate.
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's how most of the West was populated with white people originally, too. It's just good real estate. State advertisement. <laughs> it was everything with like you promises see a good of promises. like yeah, yeah promises well, like of the American dream housing like oh, we mm-hmm. can build
1: all these houses for the you know, GIs and then yeah. they come back they have their their bill so they can buy their houses in California yeah and live here and Jersey I think that's also how Jersey got built up, <laughs>
0: so. yeah so yeah San Gabriel man that's like. yeah. Well, we're, we're so lucky to, like, have all this food uh, available to us. Yeah. yeah,
3: there are 34 different regions in China, and over 50% of all those regions are represented in restaurants in the San Valley, and there's over yeah. 800 Chinese restaurants alone in the San yeah. Valley, not it's... to mention, like, other different types of Asian fusion, and there's a the great Mexican scene, too.
1: Yeah.
0: Boom. Here are the stats.
1: Carissa <laughs> brings it.
3: That's what I do for a living. Yeah. <laughs> stats and facts.
1: I mean, because there's a new – there's. The latest um, wave of immigration is coming from the mainland. Yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. And then so now we're getting, like, because it used used to just be, like, mostly like Shanghai, Cantonese, Taiwanese. Taiwanese, And now we're getting more like Hunan, now more Sichuan. Sichuan now is the
3: biggest. That's the big thing right now. That's the big thing. That's
1: the most flavor. People like flavor, you know.
3: They're
0: like, I really love that spicy sauce where it's not really (laughs) spicy, but it kind of like, oh. The
1: but now we're also. One.
3: Yeah, well, mala. according to Tony, who's the owner of Tsundu Taste, who kind of started this whole New yeah. Age Sichuan mm-hmm. trend, there are thirteen different types of spices. Yeah, and there's like entire proverbs. I love it. Entire proverbs like dedicated to the Sichuan cooking, is which that I right? don't know off the top of my head, but. It's an art form. Yeah. And they're really proud of it. So, um, the capital of Sichuan, which is Tendu, they're the only city in China to have been awarded a UNESCO site of like astronomy, so it's a UN-appointed award, oh. um, and they're the only city in Asia to have gotten that. So they're really <laughs> proud of their food. Dang. Yeah.
0: Yeah. That is real.
3: It is real. We're, we're going there. For are we? Sure. <laughs> yeah. Well, we're going everywhere. <laughs> oh, that's right. <laughs>
0: well, yeah, that's right, because yeah. we should explain. Let's talk Clarissa
1: about this. I, I was just at it. Clarissa and Jenny it. are going on a food adventure, guys.
0: Kind of exciting. It's yeah, really more it's really exciting. project, and then I'm like, "Yo, I'm showing up." Because
1: you heard, I'm gonna go with you. I'm gonna go ooh, with you. <laughs> do you need someone to take pictures and video? Oh yeah, we I need as
3: much help as we can. <laughs> so in December of this year, um we're gonna spend. Well, I've dedicated two years to going to all the um, regions and provinces and autonomous regions in China to collect recipes because nothing of that sort has ever been done before. And I was like, why not do something epic? while well, I can. Also because um, you know, I've been consulting and I've, you know, a lot of people have intermu- interviewed me about Chinese food and a lot of people have no idea what's in Chinese food. It's still this exotic thing that's weird and unattainable. So what better way to attain it than to actually go there and ask the people? So the goal is to go to every single province, spend an average of two weeks there and gather as many recipes as we can.
1: Nice.
0: And so I'm going to be on the leg of the tour that's going to focus on the Southeast. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and So that's exciting because that's mostly where my heritage comes from, too.
3: Yeah, and the whole concept of this is finding people, you know, like you, Jenny, and other friends who have connections to these different regions. And, yeah. It um, makes it pushing. personal
2: you find more things. I feel like you discover more of what you probably want to record. Yeah. Through some actual connection Local. versus just yeah. showing up and place.
3: connections is huge the concept of guanxi is like huge in Chinese culture And X I, and once you find someone who knows someone that that's how the ball gets rolling and I've been this has been in my head for over a year And after a while, I was like, I just need to go there and figure it out because you can talk to as many people as you can and you can email people and you can Skype with people. But at the end of the day, you just need to be in China. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. that's really cool. Eating
0: the food and and talking to people and seeing them make it.
3: And people are passionate about their food there.
0: And
2: everyone in the world is like, that's really what is becoming very transparent through social media right now is that how passionate people because it's so tied to your. Yeah your culture whatever that is whether that yeah. be your national your nationalism yeah or like your region you know like the whole southern food movement has become
3: well, so what's sad to me is how much potential chinese food has but how it hasn't lived up to that potential yet i mean think at about, least you mean in america yeah i mean in the western world yeah. i mean think about you know mexican food um spanish food french food there have been people who've gone there and done entire cookbooks and we mm. have people who've gone there and done cookbooks but not a lot of them are asian not a lot of them are very famous it's kind of yeah. Yeah. outdated mm-hmm. um i mean good for them for starting to do it but it's just not that up to date and there just needs to be another version of it yeah Yeah.
1: i mean i feel like the western view of chinese food is still very much like a singular thing yeah like i think fast food chinese i think food. they know yeah. noodles
3: yeah. and dim sum at this point and yeah. maybe roast duck
1: and like mm. <laughs> yeah. orange chicken which is pretty much like or Panda Express. It's pretty much boneless chicken wings with sauce on it, right? Totally. Yeah.
0: Chicken nuggets with sauce.
1: Yeah. And, you know, um, I think, you know, there's been a couple of writers, but they've just focused on certain parts. Like Yeah. Fuchsia Dunlop exactly. focuses mostly on, like, Sichuan, Hunan food. Mm-hmm. Um, but there hasn't really been, because I was searching for, like, like Zhejiang yeah. cookbooks, and there was really nothing. I but, mean, I was in yeah.
3: Taiwan last year, and I spent a good week in the bookstore, like, combing through things. Yeah. yeah. And, the potest books there were like how to cook things in a thermos or a microwave <laughs> and that's kind of a weird trend that I see in Asia too like when I was in um, Ding in Taiwan the biggest mm-hmm. building there was a the KFC when I lived in Shanghai Pizza Hut you know yeah. and KFC was the biggest huge. thing not
1: as much anymore because of the chicken scare but KFC used to be like the biggest thing in China. Like yeah. Yeah. when you get straight A's, your parents would take you to KFC what? and watch you eat. They also
3: have the be- best egg tarts in China. They have really good egg they tarts have really there. Really good yeah. egg tarts. Um, KFC
0: killing the Asia game.
3: But it's it's Yum just foods, sad man. because they're obsessed with. I mean, there's just this trend towards like Western food is trendy. Yes. it's like, and, like it's a why? brand thing, right? It's like it's it is. you know
1: like you have something with like a global brand presence. It's yeah. like. And, status, and like coffee right.
3: shops in Shanghai and Taiwan, they're like bigger than tea shops. But tea is as intricate, if even more intricate than coffee. There used yeah. to be tea wars in the Zhou Dynasty where they would like dish it out on who can like pour the best <laughs> Dang, cup of they tea. they had tea, tea ciphers, <laughs> tea <laughs> battles. Tea yeah, tea battles. Dang. And they have like coffee bottles now, that? but where are the tea <laughs> bottles? I mean, because
0: so that's what really interests me as someone who's a comedian and who wants to just learn more about just... Politics and social stuff Mm -hmm. is that when we go to China, part of it is that we're almost going to capture the thing that the Chinese aren't really that interested anymore as a culture and the direction of where they're going. Like China's modernizing in such a rapid pace that they're they're like so gaga over Western culture. What's going to happen to all the regional foods and the traditions that you know have been living there for so long right everyone's migrating to the cities and like eating KFC so we're going to actually go back to the regions and be like what's up like what's what is the stuff that's that's real and that you valued and that's handed that, down. Like the
2: Chinese American, you guys are the Westerners going over. Well,
0: totally. What's but
3: interesting is all these Western chefs, and I've consulted on you know with big companies and individual chefs. They're interested in Chinese food and Latin food now. Yeah. But how much knowledge do they have? They have people like us. But how much do we really know? And yeah. so now is the time for us to go back to our culture and learn the facts, not like go back, eat for a week and be like, this is my interpretation of what I ate, but like <laughs> learn what the culinary traditions are. For example, in Sichuan, they do tea smoking, they smoke duck with green tea and it has this really floral taste. How do they do that? Yeah. You know, and if we don't figure this out, it will be lost. Yeah. Documentation.
1: Well, I kind of feel like the youth culture now in China too, is much more part like you're trying to reclaim their culture as well. So I kind of That's feel true. like there's an element you know,
0: of that. Yeah. We yeah. have to acknowledge that. So we want to be a part of that,
3: yeah. Um, we claim it, and because we are from the West, I think we have a really good platform to yeah. um, to make it cool. Yeah, Hopefully. that's what
0: I'm
2: saying. That's like I feel like that's. I mean, ironically, that's what they're kind of in terms of the whole KFC thing. They they look to the Westernism to to see like what's cool, what's trendy, yes. whatever. Because I'm shocked at like how. That in Korea, just how that translates, like Forever Twenty One, that my cousins are freaking Gaga over. Like my mom sending stuff that I don't wear anymore. Yeah, like why? Because it's just it came from like I bought it in L.A. or I bought. Totally. It, it was, I was like, but Forever Twenty One is like, isn't it like a Korean-owned? I don't know. It's Korean American. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but yeah, I mean they just think that it's the coolest thing, and here it's like this where you go and you need like a spare T-shirt for like disposable dollars. Yeah, that's disposable. Yeah, it's very funny how culturally. Mm -hmm. That translates to like, oh, tell us what's awesome. Yeah. And then we shall buy into it.
3: And I I think another element um, that we haven't touched on is how on both sides, people, youths are forgetting they don't know how to cook anymore. And when when Jenny taught me how to make dumplings, I was like, this is amazing. Like, if everyone could do this we wouldn't be going out to eat all the time you right. know? just like remember all the dumplings we made and all the scallion pancakes just put that in the freezer and that can last you for days and it's not that yeah. hard just get people over if you're in college like you don't really need yeah. that much stuff um yeah. and I think it's you know people here and people in Asia they're not cooking anymore it's easier to just go out and participate at the restaurants but a lot is lost a lot of you know gathering around the table and cooking together that Part is getting lost. Too. But now you're
2: starting, like, I feel like now, for, for, honestly, like, this is very inspiring for me. Funny, I just went to your house yesterday, and I cooked something, and Jenny ate my food that I cooked. Yeah. I made kimchi fried rice, because I have leftover rice, and I had a lot of kimchi that was going bad, and I was like, I need to make something. Yeah. But, and she loved it, and I was like, it was so happy for me to share that with her. <laughs> yeah. I was like, that was good. Yeah. It was Good. <laughs> and she was so happy, and you know, and I love to cook, especially, and for me, a lot of it is budgetary. Like, I just can't afford I'm li- I live in California, okay? Like, yeah. California, rent, the gas, the insurance, driving everywhere in L.A. I was like, I can't afford to spend $12 per meal. This is ridiculous. Yeah. But, like, for me, it was a necessity, and I also enjoy it. Yeah. But, like, seriously, some people really... I feel like the lifestyle kind of becomes the opposite like again what's trendy everyone exactly. eats out because you want to eat out the hottest spot and instagram it whatever
3: i mean there was an, an article i think in the washington post of the new york times how millennials are spending a ridiculous amount of money on, on food. food yeah and it's like how much does it cost to make a dumpling like it's just flour and water for the skin and the inside is you know ground pork and whatever leftover vegetables really you have in your yeah. fridge and seasonings mm-hmm. yeah and it's just you could save so much money on that the problem is time but you know, people would rather make be on Facebook bold, and then... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, people would rather be on Facebook and, like, drive to, like, Mama Lou's and pick up a bag, but how sustainable <laughs> really oh. is that?
1: Yeah, like, I know how to make, you know, 肉粥, like, Luba, right? But what? it takes, like, like you know, minced meat, minced uh-huh. pork. Oh, like, 肉粥, yeah. Uh-huh. I know how to make that, but it takes, like, four hours because you have to, like,
2: that's why. That's you have to why. Sit, let I think, it
1: simmer for like hours on end. But like I think everything reduces.
2: cooking and cuisine. Then so see, so like again, we're going to kind of adjust. This is the evolution of food, right? Mm-hmm. Like, what's going to stay popular and relevant are things that you can make quickly that are delicious and that can last you and fill you up. Yeah. Right. For me, that like one batch of kimchi fried rice that lasted me two meals, and I shared it with you. Yeah. So like it was good for a whole day, and I, I feel like I saved thirty dollars, right? Right. But, yeah. And 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 like on on the converse, like when I talk with friends, like they're talking about like. Meal prep stuff Like my fitness freaks They do like a whole week's worth of food Which I'm like Ew that's gross You make it And you last five days But like for them It's perfectly fine Because they just do the Tupperware Yeah I'm like you have to adjust Your lifestyle And if you kind of like Prioritize the food I still want good food. Yes. So I'll make it like every couple days, hopefully to like last a couple days. Well,
3: what I think people fail to realize, especially for Asian food, is how easy it is. You just have to have the right like tools. I made Henan chicken the other day. You just like poach chicken and chicken broth, really, and then make sure it's the right temperature and you cut it up. You don't need to go to Savoy and line up two hours for that. No. Like I made oh, I it love that a- chicken. Oh, is it the really like plain chicken? With- yeah. yeah. You just <gasps> with the ginger. ginger yes. Yeah. All you do is you take a whole chicken, you like salt it, yeah. and then you put it in chicken broth and make sure it's the right temp, and then you cut it. And that's like I'm gonna the- do that. <laughs> yeah. And the rice is just minced um, garlic, um, and then you cook it in chicken broth. And that's just the flavor, and I cook yeah. the rice
2: sauce.
1: and chicken broth. It's
3: that's so when I ate it. My so brain easy. exploded. I was like, "This is so simple. It doesn't look particularly complicated." <laughs> it's like complicated. these yeah. culinary secrets. I think Asians do the best with poultry um, out of any other culture yeah. that I yeah. know. Yeah,
1: or like, um, so my family's gotten into making like the clay pot like dishes, mm-hmm. where like you know, like you can just make like eel unagi rice in it, just yeah. like. Just cook the rice in the clay pot and just put the. Dude, put the slow on cookers. That
2: door. Just, I need to yeah. get up on that because I own a nice one that's been sitting there. I've used it like thrice. What? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Got to use it. Yeah, yo, like, I just got be, a like, waffle soup. iron. I've used it like six times already. Girl, <laughs> I love your waffle iron.
0: What have you like, made in shit. there besides waffles? Oh, not yet. I haven't gone there. <laughs> but I made, made like, mochi waffles. Yeah, I've made protein waffles. I'm gonna expand into pr- uh, mochi waffles. What's it's a nice. protein
1: waffle? Is that a waffle made out of bacon? With
3: like. Bacon no, and hot dogs.
2: no, it's made out of cottage cheese.
3: <laughs>
0: yeah. Oh.
2: It's really good though. Like my pancakes are really protein esque. Yeah. Because they have Greek yogurt in it. Whatever. Yeah.
0: <laughs> but there's um, other ways. I don't know. I just feel like it's also I think it's important that we're talking about not only food making and enjoying but or enjoying food but food making because that's also like a, a kind of value that I have or an ethic that I have from my family yeah. you know and for my
2: lifestyle it's like appreciating the making of food and like where it comes from dude I learned a lot yeah. I, I did I did I share my barbecue story yet when I first learned how to make carby no. Okay, so K barbecue, right, which is like the cornerstone. But this is funny too because Korean barbecue, I learned, is like, it's a very, it's not as rampant in Korea because beef is so expensive because yeah. it's a tiny peninsula. That it's not the same as here where we have tons of cows yeah. everywhere, all of this country. Um, and the price of meat is really expensive, so it's super. You don't go out and get it on a Monday, Wednesday, Friday night like you do in L.A. Um, We're so spoiled here. It's so good. But I tried making it in in the Bay because I was like, it's like a rite of passage. I still haven't learned how to make kimchi, but I really love meat and I wanted to learn how to make my grandma's cream barbecue, and my mom learned from her, and it's delicious. Yeah. So they taught me, and I remember the first day I made it, it was, like, a giant batch. I didn't start small. <laughs> I fed, like, 20 of my friends because I had a housewarming party at my new apartment in Oakland. And I fed them. And it was delicious. We had this tiny little balcony with a little grill. So it went really great. I was like, this is so delicious. And then one of the – I'm sharing my grandma's, like, secret recipe <gasps> stuff. But what, her, what she puts in it – some people put Coke. Yeah. Some people mm-hmm. put um, – Like different vegetables or different fruits. Um, Some people like kiwi because it's really acidic and like tenderizes me. My grandma puts pineapple. She
3: puts yeah, um, emulsified
2: pineapple and onion. Yeah, so that's what I used, and it turned out spectacular. It was sweet and caramelizing well, and it was great.
3: I love that. See, I, that's why I think it's important to write down the recipe. Yes. Yeah. Because like, I think so, Asian people are notorious with just being like, just a dash of this, a dash of that. Yeah, whatever. that's how she was. That's, that's so I was like, style. I need
2: to write it down. Yeah. But then I, I messed it up. So this is the funny, yeah. after that, everyone's like, dude, this is delicious. And my boyfriend at the time, who was Chinese, and that's where I got to learn a lot of like the Chinese cuisine, he's like, this is amazing. Can you make this for my family? Because he did have weekly dinners. This is what I also learned about Chinese culture. They get together and have these giant family dinners every Sunday. It was like, a regular thing and I thought that was awesome Mm -hmm. and um, he asked if I could make it for his entire family and I was like that's a huge deal and of course I will Yeah. so he bought all the ingredients and I tried to replicate it but then I think I got too big for my own Uh britches and I overdid the pineapple and and onion like I think I almost doubled the amount which again like this is just like adventures in cooking it way tenderized the meat a little too much oh wow so then the next day I was like here's this giant garbage bag full of like marinated barbecue and we're so excited we're like it's gonna be epic it's gonna be delicious and then we get there the next day he throws it on the grill it starts disintegrating on the grill (laughs) it was a buttload of money worth of meat and like I over tenderized I way over tenderized it so that was my second oh, attempt at bummer. barbecue. I was so embarrassed and so sad, yeah. and I need to retry it. So we'll have a barbecue pot- party. And that, that was their- write it down. <laughs> yeah, yeah, these yeah, yeah. They're, they're yeah. yeah. My and
1: and that was their experience yeah. with Korean food. That was their experience
2: <gasps> exactly. So they ended up putting it in a pan, and it's just like it was like in these weird like, and it's so not appetizing looking because it's in these weird, oh. ch- <laughs> these like weird chunks chunks of meat it still tasted good but it looked awful and yeah. you know you start eating with your eyes it was really embarrassing but
0: yeah i mean i feel like the other part of like why i want to go to china in in addition to helping with the discovery and and not discovery like not like i'm columbus um with the recording of these regional recipes is i also want to come back and um really like engage on um like Or promote the idea of collecting stories of our families and recipes from our families. Not just for myself, but like to help others do that. Yeah. And also,
3: like a lot of these dishes have stories behind them. Of like how they came to be, myths and legends. And I think that's a really important part of Chinese culture and who we are as a people. But obviously growing up here in America, most of us have no idea what it is.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I was telling Jenny, I'm I'm actually going to be in China the same time you guys are about. And then this time going back. Yeah. That'd be awesome. Um, but this time going back, I'm making the point to go visit um, the villages where my family came from. Mm-hmm. In the, the, like, my family's from a like a port village called Ningbo. Mm. Okay. Yeah, so um, th- there they have this dish. It's pretty much just like a crab that they like salt and then bash up. So you eat it with the the, the shells, shells and you yeah. spit it oh, out. Oh, wow. Whoa. Super, super salty. Well,
2: there's certain crabs where you... Well, no, soft shell crabs.
3: You, you can eat... You eat those shells, right? Well, yeah. this one is yeah. just like a...
1: I, I don't know if they cook it or not, but like it's...
3: Like dungeness level? Uh, yeah. It's so like... That's cra- intense. You know, crawfish. I know in Shanghai, they have like crawfish festivals.
1: Yeah. Well, the, is all about their hairy crab. Yeah, hairy right? crab. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> pay like buttloads of money for this tiny little crab.
2: I just got back from Houston and all I remember from Houston, this wasn't even this trip, but last trip, I ate a giant crawfish fest and it was... Intense crawfish. Wow. I feel like it's
1: too much work for us. It's a lot of Just work. Just a little but it's tiny good. piece of meat well, and like head juice, right?
2: If you if you if you cook it, you know, it tastes really good. Yeah, it's all with
1: the sauce. Yeah, so
2: like it can be worth it. But. It's like a, it's like an event. Like, let's have a crawfish feed. It's a
3: social thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Speaking Mm -hmm. of crawfish, it's interesting because within the last months, I've interviewed a lot of southern um, cookbook authors who've done, you know, books on, you know, Texan cuisine or low country or South Carolina cuisine. Mm -hmm. And every single region, they have entire books on it. And they have associations on how to preserve the culture in museums and whatnot. But you don't have that in China at all. And like for dishes like that, what your story kind of reminded me of, um, like the oyster pancake in Taiwan, Mm -hmm. Um, oyster pancake, thick oysters, a lot of cornstarch and a lot of sweet sauce. Um, But when I went to Xiamen, I was at uh, my ex-boyfriend's house and his uncle made it for us. And it was little oysters, not a lot of cornstarch, and it was really crispy and thin. Yeah. So it's like these little regional differences that most people don't know about is what I'm looking for. Yeah. 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 And like so people's good. relationships uh-huh. with um, produce too. The coastal towns will want more oysters and fish. Mm-hmm. And um, Yunnan, for example, which is near Sichuan, they have varieties of mushrooms that don't grow anywhere else in the world. And they make dishes mm-hmm. that you can't find anywhere else because of the produce. So I think produce and farming and whatnot is really interesting. Yeah. Also yeah. rice. I yeah. Think yeah. Rice is a I think it blows thing.
1: people. So this is a story. So when I was in um, grad school, we took a trip to China for a business plan competition. And we were in Tingjing Eating like mm-hmm. at a dumpling house because that's what they make in Tianjin, right? And then so one of my classmates leans over like, "Hey, um, do you think it gives some like a side of rice?" And I had to break <laughs> it to him like, "Dude, they don't serve rice here,
3: right? Yeah, it th- it's a dumpling th- house. The fact that
1: like a Chinese restaurant does not serve rice just blew it's, like, his mind, mind blowing to yeah. people.
3: And like Tianjin, they have a ball called li Ball, which is yeah. their specific. They type used of to have bao. one
1: of those in, um, in like a bun, um, Temple City. They okay. have, there's yeah. like
3: five restaurants that have it. Um, what the kind best of bun one, is it? It's kind of, just kind of like a steam bun, but it's different in that it's really juicy and soft. Yeah. Tasty Noodle House does it while it's on Las Tunis. Uh-huh. Really, yeah. really good. Mind-blowing.
1: Like, Global guys. Rebels, it's like... What? Gobuli, go go it's balls that dogs don't care about.
3: Oh, Gobuli! Oh, yeah. yeah. It's because it's so good. <laughs> I've had. Most balls that you get from like Seven Eleven or whatever in Asia, it's kind of dry. Yeah, um, this is just super moist and like fluffy. Tasty noodles is
0: also yeah. one of my places tasty I like
3: really to go to. Like tasty noodles.
1: Oh, the best ball I've ever had is um. So when I'm in Taiwan, there's this place we go to get breakfast every morning, and they serve like this Thai ball, right? Uh-huh. Veget- vegetable mm-hmm. ball, but they. They like cook the vegetables in pork fat.
0: Oh, hell yeah. (laughs) That's so Chinese. Where can I have this? So amazing. (laughs) Like this is a vegetarian dish cooked in pork fat. (laughs)
1: That's another story. So we were in Singapore for another trip and we were eating at this great place called Two Chefs. Um, They make this really good coffee rub short rib. It's amazing. Yum. They have that here in America. One of our um, classmates is vegetarian. And so we ordered her like, you know, the um, A-tai. Mm. Uh-huh. But we didn't have the heart to tell her that there's pork in it.
0: Oh no, the green Aww. just stir fried A-choy? Yeah. yeah, it's
3: hard to be vegetarian in China. Um, but there's a whole class of like vegetarian Chinese food. But they Buddhist. can't eat like alien vegetables, like onions, garlic, um, leek, I think, because they think it stirs up the passions. So there's conflicting. Oh. Um, Is it a Buddhist thing? It's a I Buddhist like vegetarian. It stirs it Taoist. up the passions. I like Let's how talk it, they more call it the alien. <laughs> alien. Alien. A-L-L-I-U-N, A-L-L-I-U-N. <laughs> I thought you said alien, alien. Like, It's controversial it's I've been reading a lot of Alien b- <laughs> vegetables <laughs> I've been reading a lot of books On why you can't eat it Um, Some people say they don't know Some people say It starts with the passions But regardless They don't eat it But the cool thing about Chinese vegetarian food Is that it tastes like meat And it looks like meat mm-hmm. They're not like We're not going to give you Skimpy salads Like you're going to have The yeah. real thing But you just won't know it's They
1: pay attention to the texture Like they make the texture Kind of as close to mm-hmm. The original The original origi- as protein. possible Yeah
3: Wow.
0: So if, you, if I eat a lot of garlic and onions, I'm just going to get really horny?
2: Well, I mean, they say so. that. That's what I'm saying. Culture, like what, like spice. That, you know, spice ignites like, <laughs> no. the yeah. fire within you. And Is it, it just, the as, like, like, raises the like, heat in your heat body. Yeah, no. I have
3: a friend who, like, he moved up to the Bay Area, lived with his uncle who's Chinese vegetarian. And when he comes home and, like, smells like garlic, his uncle can tell, like, right away. No. Mm. They become really sensitive Gee. to it. Yeah.
2: Garlic's the garlic. best smell on the planet. <laughs> I could OD on garlic all day.
0: Hell yeah. <laughs> and, then, and then
2: make out with somebody. Be like, deal Hell, with it. That's what I'm saying. Throwing like, my favorite foods passion. are all the stinky had, ones. It's had onions had garlic and garlic. Hell, you know yeah, exactly. Hell yeah. That's true love. Exactly. <laughs> Bond over
3: garlic.
1: Go like, drive through Gilroy like an and get a line. whiff. Hey, baby. I had garlic today. <laughs> well, it's weird because garlic
3: is one of the holy trinities of Chinese cooking. Oh, my God. Yeah. People
0: like to, I like I don't know, it's like an overall Chinese thing, but I know my family, we eat like slices of raw garlic with um, Taiwanese sausage. Sausage, yeah. Mm. It's,
3: it's garlic, scallions, and ginger. that's You can't make Chinese food without it, nope. but the yeah. vegetarians. I have a growing love for ginger. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Like ginger I used to really be adverse to it when I was little, which is why... I don't know I just appreciate food more because I realized how much I avoided like the plague when I was younger yeah just there were so many things that I thought were just disgusting I thought mu- mushrooms were gross yeah Um, it's you know what I mean and all of it I love now there's not much that I won't try that yeah. I don't like I think it's water chestnuts like I wouldn't eat them they're <laughs> you're disgusting. a texture person like I'm me I'm very mm. texture person. that's like me I used it's to still, not yeah. like mushroom too yeah mm-hmm. I had an adversity against uh, and beans and like Korean people like my mom Little would make cucumber. rice with beans in it and I would like pick them all out <gasps> and I kind of. Rice with beans is like, so good. It's the best. I don't like how dry and meat like beans. I've had the if amazing beans well. if it's yeah. cooked well yes. and it's not super dry. I love them texture. But She's a texture I'm person. Totally texture. It made me like yak. Yeah. You
1: know?
2: <laughs> Till I was about twenty five, I would still pick them out. I My think mom's I don't
1: like, mind ginger or water chestnut. I just don't like surprise ginger and yeah. water chestnut. <laughs> surprise. Like Chibillion. you're eating like your kung pao chicken and all of a sudden, oh crap! There's some there's ginger and they just took like, a big ass bite you know
0: i like how like americans will look at my like the rice cake stir fried rice cakes and be like oh is that a plate full of scallops
4: <laughs> Mango, right
0: yeah. oh, yeah. <laughs>
2: nice <laughs> there's yeah. a
0: lot of different things that f- surprise you when you're a kid yes
2: <laughs> yes that's oh, i don't know i'm so, just glad that i got over it there's some people who really will not they like, I just don't do mushrooms. No, Honey or like, I, I, I won't evolved. eat chicken
0: with bone in it. You know, there's like Ugh. people who won't have any.
3: That's a shame.
1: Well, it's a I shame. won't eat like anything with a head on it too. I've seen like people yes. will, like, can you take this fish back and chop up its head so See, I can eat that's it? That's
3: like offensive to the Chinese because you're supposed yeah. to eat whole animals. It symbolizes yeah. unity, especially for the New Year's. Yeah,
0: And also in a practical level, it means you're eating all the
1: food and you're not wasting yeah. anything. Yeah. Yeah. Also, the head's the best part.
3: Okay. I don't know. See, but with that's
1: that. yeah, okay that, either, but <laughs> that's the
2: <best> <laughs> that's the hard part. See, I would have a hard time eating the head, but like I we eat fish all the time and it comes with the head and I just don't eat it. But if somebody I don't know, like people again, this is like the sensitive emotional attachment to food and like how yeah. you know it represents something for you and your culture, and if other people are adverse to that, you're like, We'll bleep you, you know, like yeah. and, and it becomes very, very deeply emotional. Like I've seen it people is. Like super mad, like you can't do that. I mean there's etiquette. But then there's somebody was really against, like, I, was, I wasn't I was used to growing up, like, where they have whole roasted pigs. Mm. And then, like, I went to a bunch of Asian parties. It was, like, Filipino parties and Chinese parties. They have And it's delicious and it's amazing. But I had never grown up with that. I was 24 or 25 before I ever encountered it for the first Lechon. time. Yeah, it's so good. Yeah. Like, oh my God. But it scared the shit out of me. This meat comes like, from an like, animal. Like, that face is like looking i can't eat it you know that pig face <laughs> that piggy it's pig Wilbur, face you know Aww. for me i'm mm-hmm. just like i'll eat pork all day but i just don't eat looking That's at not it a,
1: i've had friends with that same expression like a bunch of times when we we're eating whole pig like once we were at my cousin-in-law's birthday party in, at um in canto in san francisco and they brought the whole suckling pig thing and then basically two of the guests just couldn't eat anything because the they got
0: so grossed meat. out
1: yeah I
3: don't yeah, I don't, and well, that's just the got thing, like, I keep yeah, them out. like, I don't I know eat what eat it does, is there, you know, it's just lack of, a t- like, people are so far removed from the cooking process, right? yeah. yes, yeah, mm-hmm. the whole yeah, whole they can't I appreciate it, I wonder if it. I was, like,
2: actually butchering my own meat. Which I want to try one day. Yeah. yeah, I mean,
3: I butchered a goat and a chicken before, and I recommend every... I mean, I lost my appetite after butchering <laughs> the goat, but then you have so much more respect for the animal. Like, we, yeah. I had to eat every single part of it because it's just, like, I killed this thing, and if you don't eat it, you just waste you it. You value it more, yeah. I don't, I don't want to go as far as killing it,
2: but cutting it up, maybe. Like, yeah. I'll I'll do baby steps. Yeah, I didn't kill the
3: goat. I Like, I helped cut it up. I, I don't think I could kill it. Yeah. You have to butcher it. Yeah, butchering yeah. is... Prepping it. It's I recommend every person who eats meat. They do that as part of China. a tourist thing in China,
1: in huh? like the um the central regions on the tourist roads. I don't think they make you butcher it, but they kill it in front of you.
0: It's, it's like a part of the food tourism? Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, I mean, I think what's fascinating about food and why it's so important to me, too, is also how it's connected with... And why people fight over it. Not only is it memories and culture, but it's also, like, economics, right? Yeah. It's also, like you know, appreciating the abundance of it and it as a resource, you know?
3: Yeah. And it's, when I was traveling, when you travel through Europe, you realize that people in Europe appreciate their food so much more because it's not big farm or big agricultural companies like America. Where
0: you could spit it out into like these like styrofoam plastic <laughs> yeah. packages. In America,
3: a lot of our food is stuck in World War II because it was made out of necessity and everything is boxed up and lots of chemicals and stuff. Yeah. And China was ve- and China is starting to become like that. You know, I know. That makes me so people. sad. Yeah, which is why we need to go and reverse the trend. There's so many <laughs> reasons I feel like why. China's make people- it Make trendy,
0: make it trendy. Oh my yeah. God. To Chinese people, you, you don't know what you're sitting on, man. It's, it's, all, of our, it's all of our culture yeah, and the power so of many, our culture. There's
3: so many parts to this trip, not just for us, but for anyone interested in food. It's preserving A, the myths and the cultural significance, B, the recipes, and C, just like the process of food. Yeah. That most people are forgetting
0: that we, we're disconnected yeah, with. Food yeah. Food
3: isn't, you go into a grocery store, buy it in a box, heat it up, which is what's happening yeah. in China and America.
2: My big aha moment with food I mean, I always had this appreciation because my parents and like my family have always been big on family dinners and cooking actual meals. And my mom was a working mom, but she always cooked every day after she worked a nine hour day. Yeah. Um, but when I studied abroad in Paris, I got. It blew my mind because that was when, again, it's kind of being removed from what you're used to, which is Safeway and which is, you know, Costco.
1: Well, you have care for...
2: Well, it's, I mean, they have some big stores, but in general, like in the neighborhoods in this big metropolitan city, are these tiny little markets, mm-hmm. Front yeah. and whatever. Like, literally, every few blocks, every little area of the neighborhood has their own tiny little market. Yep. And so, and because it's a space constriction in Paris, like apartments are like this big. Yeah. It's worse than Manhattan. Yeah. But they're tiny. So your refrigerator is like, you know, a shoebox. And so you can't even store that much food. And so you really do have to go on a daily basis. And I yeah. love that. my yeah, friend. They- loved it when i was the in bread. ireland
3: like the meat they like killed their local beef and they ate from there it's not like here where do what is the chicken and the meat and the beef where does that even come from right that's we the habit still know.
0: i feel like that's the habit still for like taiwan at least you know of like just going to go locally
3: yeah i mean taiwan buying every day go the, to the oh, i remember
1: the one we used to go to underneath the highway they have little like chambers underneath the freeways oh i haven't been to just that be like chickens in cages produce everywhere and just smelled like chicken
2: (laughs) (laughs) I'm really curious to like just see what the culture of food is going to take us because because I feel like there's this I worked in public health where we studied like I studied migrant farm workers for a summer because of heat stress I love that topic it was crazy it was very 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 eye opening I actually did from a public health standpoint where we were we were studying heat stress because they were Mm. farm workers who were working in 114 degree weather and like dying um but just going literally i literally spent three months going out into farms up and down central california cool. and seeing what kind of things were grown but it also opened my mind and my eyes to how much we we're what crap we we're putting on our food yeah you watch their part of their work all is the not pesticides is it, to like spray crap oh, yeah. all over it and then at berkeley they're like teaching us that too. Yeah. I was
3: head of marketing for a farm to home grocery delivery service. I worked with a lot of local farms here. I also have been on a lot of farms just for work. And it's just it's hard for them to sustain themselves because they're so small and they can only produce so much and they're dependent on drought. And whatnot, Speaking and of which, you know. yeah, it's such a serious problem. And I think the best thing for people who can who are listening to this and are inspired to do something is just go to your local farmers market and support those people. And don't worry so much about the labels; just worry about whether or not they, you know, because organic is just a label. Some people go beyond organic, but they don't want to pay for the certification. Yep, and that's a whole another confusing part.
2: I mean, I can't even like I've just heard so many stories about how much of a how much those labels don't mean anything because FDA approved doesn't really mean anything or like, you know, like how stringent are they about actually...
3: If you're FDA approved organic, you can still use certain pesticides. Mm. Um, But some people go beyond organic and they don't even bother paying it because it's a lot of money to pay to get for that label. Right. So the best thing to do is just kind of know the farms, read online. But it's just education, and there's very like people know more about their local, you know, five dining, five star dining restaurant than they do about their local farms. Yeah. Yeah. That's a problem. Really sad
0: because you're not going to eat at that five star dining restaurant, you know, fine dining restaurant every day. But you still need to eat. You know. Yeah. So I actually I'm a part of a, a CSA. Uh, what is it? Roots. Yeah. Roots the Roots CSA. CSA. What does CSA stand for?
3: Community so- Supported Agriculture. Thank
0: you. So um so yeah and it's uh it's actually by Apiopa which is the Asian Pacific Islander like organization for physical something I don't know it's like a public health um, kind of organization it's obesity prevention obesity prevention that's yeah. right yeah APIOPA and they run it in LA so you can go and pick up your bag of organic asian veggies twice you know twice a month
3: yeah and they source from farms in like Hacienda Heights which there actually are quite a few in Fresno uh, in Fresno in that area and asian farms too mm-hmm. So I don't know, I just
0: feel like you know, I feel like like somehow what's at least in, in media, what's been cool and in and, and in terms of food and getting back to the farm and getting knowing where food comes from has really been led by like white chefs or just non Asian mm-hmm. chefs. When and and I, I th- sometimes I hear like Asians like make fun of it like we've been doing it. It's like well then do it you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, I mean, we, if, it's a part of our heritage. But like white folks in America, they're the ones pushing it. And actually, I wouldn't make fun of it because if if I had my way, I would love it if everyone was like down with like learning more about where yeah. we make our food and right. how we make yeah. it and where it comes from. There
3: definitely I'm, needs to be more organic asian produce and the only asian produce really that people will go to and go for is at 99 ranch but it's not organic no That's not organic. um and then i was i was like interviewing cents. the in, i was interviewing the owner of green zone which was the first asian organic restaurant in mm. the san gable valley they opened nine there. years ago i didn't know
0: that yeah
3: first one um, nine years ago there. she's um chinese viet um the owner and she was like when she's tried opening it she was really scared because she was like how is this going to happen you know will people pay the price point so in san gabriel they actually they'll have organic chicken and vegetables but they won't have organic meats and um sorry organic pork chop or beef because it's too expensive so next month she's opening a location in pasadena so she can have the organic beef and pork chop because people in pasadena
0: will pay for that
3: Hashtag maybe white people will pay for that. Yeah. (laughs) You know? Yeah. So it's kind of sad how Asian people are like, oh, I don't want to pay for organic produce. It's Asian food is supposed to be cheap, but you know, quality.
1: Well, I think it goes back to what Jenny was saying about her mom, right? Like, I'm paying ten bucks for this, I can make this at home. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. That's kinda like the mentality I feel. I feel like my my parents have the same thing where like my dad is a he works in fashion, he like knows all about fabric. So he can go out. Of, look at clothing. Look at clothing and like, this is not worth the price. Yeah. You know?
0: But I mean, but I think we, you know, for us to decide that it's worth getting organic meats is... It's in us, like it's in our, in our generations. Like my mom w- knew what it tasted like to eat real chicken in Taiwan. Like, mm-hmm. like rice. it tastes different. Yeah. yeah. It tasted different. And I remember when I was a kid too, I was like, yeah, you're right. It tasted different. And she's like, it's like, but now she'll pay for like cheap chicken. And I'm like, okay, well no, like maybe we should pay for something that's going to be more organic and real. I think real. the
3: scariest thing is rice. Like my dad is like rice tastes different now because of just all the genetic modifications. Mm-hmm. Yeah, That
0: might be why I'm allergic. Right, Franken food, man. Franken well, gonna mess too. up with our bodies. I, scientifically
2: speaking, I'm very curious because just I'm a bio geek and I, I'm 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 curious. Like physiologically speaking, like in theory, it doesn't sound right that you genetically modified something from its original state and blah blah blah. I'm really curious on like a proven scientific level that's not influenced by like big pharma or anything. Mm-hmm. If G- certain GMO foods are like truly you know if they okay. if they mess up your health or if they're yeah. actually okay do you know what I'm saying because, like, I feel like it's all marketing. Like, we throw yeah. out stuff. You're throwing the baby out with the bathwater and saying like all GMO foods are like yeah. awful. Well, what if you found a way to ge- genetically modify something so you don't have to spray pesticides on it and it's yeah. perfectly safe to eat? Right? I think like, the
3: thing is we haven't been doing it for long enough to have right. enough conclusive research. Right? Just is- right. to see
2: yeah. how it's going to affect but, our
0: food chain yeah. and our cells.
2: There are tons of people who have been doing studies, and that's what I learned. Part like in a couple lectures that I, I um, listened to at Berkeley and read up on. You know, there are there are studies all the time. But it's again, it comes back to industry and money. Well, they like, pay They for can it. silence studies that are perfectly legitimate and yeah. show negative impacts of certain pesticides or certain genetic modifications. But people who paid for that research to happen will nullify it so quickly. And that's where it gets highly political and highly, you know, yeah. it's yeah. about who's, who's controlling this study at the end of the day. Yeah. It's not the scientists. The scientists do their jobs. But who's going to say, you can't publish this? Yeah.
3: And I think if we create a culture of people who cook a lot, then there's going to be more awareness towards that. I completely agree. That's where it boils down to, let's just get together and cook. And that will start a chain reaction. And I think that's
2: fun, too, because I think it is a really good antidote to the fact that everyone is in a rush. And I think that's where the convenience factor of food has become so like, I don't have time to cook. But um, and so I'd rather spend money and, you know, take a like spend time, whatever. But it's kind of like we're now responsive to this highly engaged, highly connected culture. Like put your phone down and like cook something. Yeah. I think that's a good balancing act to all this, you know, other stuff yeah. that us millennials are going through. I,
3: so I it's think what, like, oh, what's really funny <laughs> is when I lived in New York, a lot of my friends would go to the grocery store and they would take the box and like look at the ingredient list and like look at the calories and it's like just go to the produce section and then, like, you know the poultry section like Asians we don't grow up looking at boxes yeah. we just like buy whole vegetables and like fish and cook it.
0: this is 10 calories before you add oil to it yeah. this vegetable
2: well, well see for Korean people it's different because like we have so much sodium because everything that we a lot of our banchan and a lot of the things oh, that we put is pickled right so that's what I've been noticing see, me and my little hippy dippy Berkeley upbringing living in Oakland San Francisco and being very spoiled and having like CSA to our office and all that stuff like i was very you know whole foods oriented but then i would go back home and like judge honestly i was being a little brat but like judging my mom like why are you eating all this like salt and it made me really it comes from a place of love like i would be like you are consuming so much sodium on a regular basis i would look at our dinner table and there'd be like one veg one you know whole vegetable and everything else is kind of like soy sauce yeah. or like fermented or something and it just like for me it made me like really concerned about my parents health I was like this I isn't see good
0: that. Korean food in general I think has a level of sodium it's that's a lot probably, of sodium like, yeah yeah, higher mm-hmm. you know
2: and like Korean people that's what my mom would say She like Korean food is really really high in sodium Yep. she said Chinese food is really greasy she said yes. that Japanese food is like really the lightest is, is the lightest oh, yeah. and healthiest yeah. Um, I say so. but fun there, fact, do you amazing. know
3: that ramen actually came from china because what? before japan used to be really good like it was meats and just vegetables and fish and then it's a funny story the westerners came over and started making fun of their diet and then a, um, a statesman was like all right guys we need to look better in the eyes of the foreign nationals let's start eating meat so they started eating meat and then a lot of chinese people immigrated over and they started to eat noodles so basically ramen came from a japan being made fun of by westerners <laughs> for not eating meat so that's where the meat comes from and then be from Chinese people are bringing noodles over.
0: Mm. Wait, it's no just, one... How, how did no one know that ramen was not originally from China?
3: A lot... Because people don't do their research. That's the Well, I guess because I'm
0: Chinese and I'm like, yo, everything came from China. Well, <laughs> all these, all
1: these, like, Sushi came from China. If really you think about it, too. Italian food is just fusion food because we yeah. took our noodles Marco and added Polo. their sauce to it. Whatever, you know? Marco
2: Polo. <laughs> Whatever.
1: But With the completely that's accurate about, historical
2: like, representation on Netflix. <laughs> I know.
1: Like Chinese food has a reputation... For being greasy, yeah, but it doesn't have in to. In truth, be. like it it's be, no. that's only just a subset of yes, you know, yeah. like food from Zhejiang. It's a lot lighter, steaming,
3: you know? oh, it's a braising, jang, black vinegar. Yeah,
1: black yeah. vinegar, hong saw like mm-hmm. not a lot of cornstarchy, not not a lot no. of thick sauces. You know,
0: well, people have a lot of association with like the way fast food evolved in America, Chinese yeah. style, and then you know from like the OG Chinese immigration from like <laughs> Toy and like. Guangdong, right? Yeah, yeah, which was
3: born out of poverty. Yeah. Really. yeah. You gotta they thicken weren't it up. cooks. They yeah. were just trying to make things work. And they yep. also didn't have what, the same ingredients. The same ingredients. Yeah. Like, <laughs> so, like by a like by, broccoli. <laughs> broccoli, as we know it like that is not a no. Chinese so, vegetable. So
1: that's an interesting thing. So um going back to talking about how like the East Coast restaurants, like if you want Asian food, not the best place to be, but Asian American food has become very, very like it's Up and coming, in oh, the, yeah, second generation like, yeah, stuff, second generation, yeah, like David Chang, um, Tim Ma, Roy DC, Choi. I'm wearing Roy, Roy, Choi. Choi.
0: Roy Choi's new local, <laughs> yeah, I, I was part of the the Kickstarter, so I got a t shirt,
1: yeah, and nice. a beanie. Um, you shared a great article talking about like Anthony Bourdain's like 17 lessons from like his speaking tour, but one of his the Anthony newest, Bourdain? yeah, yeah, the best American trend in food right now is. The rise of Asian chefs, mm-hmm. right? Asian American yeah. chefs who
0: we're, we're the one innovating. Yeah, they're and, the ones. And innovating. Latin American yeah. chefs.
3: But yeah, but you think
1: about it, it, makes sense because like American cuisine is immigrant cuisine, right? Yeah. In the beginning, it was British immigrants, then except Italian for natives. Immigrants. Yeah, <laughs> the
0: OG Americans. Yeah,
1: but if, you know, if you think about like the trends, like Italian food was immigrant cuisine back yeah. when they first came, and mm-hmm. so who are the newest wave of immigrants? Asian people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Asian people who grew up in America eating you know american food their family's food and then have this perspective to like kind of well we're gonna make bring it all together food and using you know it's basically just asian perspective with like american ingredients yeah right
0: or just i don't know I, I, and that's i think that's a good way to basically describe it but i think the the reason why roy choi for example gets like so much love is because if, if you grew up in southern california love hip-hop like you go to one of his restaurants and you eat his food. It literally feels like you're eating your childhood. Yeah. Like, oh, we just went to pot and uh, we had just the dessert. It was just a simple, like, dessert. And it's, like, creative because you're like, oh, I haven't seen this elsewhere. But it was um, basically uh, shaved ice with ice cream and, like, um, fruity pebbles. Huh. Okay? Mm-hmm. Now, That's delicious. why would you do that? But you eat it and you go, whoa, Whatever it does, it number one, it reminds you of all these amazing things from your childhood. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? Like, and the combination was great. Yeah. And so, I don't know do, do I want to pay $10 for that maybe not every day but yeah. like once in a while but it's, yeah. it's a good experience but that's, it's kind the, of, that's where yeah. it's like to me the creative part of it the artistic part of it is like I want to experience that sometimes yeah. you know and it's like that's so cool it's like wait a second he's taking our experiences and tastes <laughs> yeah. and putting it on this table and being like yo white people pay $20 for that <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's kind of sad that like fusion itself has become like a bad word in culinary circles, right? Like, back people, in the day yeah, I think people like, don't use the word change. fusion any but anymore but nowadays like, I think there's like I said there's more perspective to it, there's more of a point of view. Whereas before, I think you used to just be like, "I'm just gonna make this with soy sauce and call it fusion Asian American." You
3: know? Yeah, and I think fusion is getting a better reputation as people know more culinary Asian culinary techniques yeah. aside yeah. from soy sauce. Oh God. <laughs>
0: Yeah, yeah no so i love it like even just you know th- there's like everyday smaller restaurants that aren't high profile like roy choi's restaurants you know who are asian who are like kids of of parents who ran restaurants like old yeah. school restaurants and they're like you know what i'm gonna get into this business but i'm gonna do it the way my friends and i would want to yeah. eat you know
1: i mean there's a whole generation there's you know even half and half tea house they serve yeah like it could be called fusion foods but it's basically just food that asian kids want to eat when they're drinking tea totally you know? with like and the and snacks like, you know all the hong kong cafes and the sgv you know, totally that's all just like that's even more interesting because that's you know how like you go to different restaurants it's like this is korean chinese food this is yes. japanese chinese food well this is chinese western food totally right? yeah
0: it's like hong kong cafe that was like colonized <laughs> british hong kong food brought to to america and then but then here i feel like oh, the hong kong cafes are probably different too because it's evolved with the
2: american
1: taste yeah, yeah. <laughs> but they still have that um ramen with hot dog soup
0: oh yeah there's a Korean version of that ramen and hot dog
2: they have the whole well they have
0: the GI I love that the military soup Oh, (laughs) GI soup I'll eat that yeah it's
2: it's all how you spin it it's the military soup they put spam and hot dogs and rice cakes and ramen it's awesome I'll eat that yeah let's go have some (laughs) for real (laughs) I'm actually I am hungry many hungers we could talk about food forever seriously yeah
1: and we actually we probably we've, we've been talking for about over an hour now. And I had these other other topics lined up, but we can we can probably call it. Yeah. It's yeah. up to you. It's a
2: food centric episode. <laughs> well, what's one <laughs> all, other yeah. topic? I, let's have a little variety. Do you want to talk about my video? Yeah. <laughs> so I was about to talk. I was about to go off. See, I almost tangented then. Well, I'm glad we're didn't. segmenting now. Se- segmenting. Segway.
1: Segwaying now. Anyway, I, don't I was know. saying
2: I love Jenny Yang's mom because I, I got to like see her and see her interact with Jenny on her latest BuzzFeed video where it's Asian kids talk to their parents about sex. It's awesome. <laughs> Your mom is so cool. My what? mom was like, I she surprised
0: me so much. I was afraid that she was going to like freeze up and like just refuse to do it once she realized what she got, was getting herself into because she's actually really shy. Uh-huh. But and she doesn't speak English like she probably understands more than she lets on but she doesn't speak English and so when I asked her and she knows I make these videos that a lot of people look at and I was like mom I want to record you on Skype and I want to ask you personal questions about your life I didn't tell her it was about sex yet because I wanted it to be like real her response yeah and that was her response and And she was super chill chill about it it got real yeah, I love, I, I, she made me so happy because I never really get to interact with my parents on anything that I do in life usually, mm-hmm. except, except for the way that they raised me, right? Because everything <laughs> I've done is like in public and in English and they just don't engage in that world, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And so um, for, for me to have had that experience with my mom on camera is really special for me. Yeah. And the fact that she killed it, like she's so funny. Yeah. I, I, I died. Super, you have to watch it. I'm not going to tell you the joke. You have to watch it.
2: I just yeah, there are moments that I was just like, ah, I love it. And yeah. the fact
0: that my mom, like, she actually they didn't translate it right. Like the, in the beginning of the video when she greets me and she's like, to me, yeah like she goes, she actually clucks. She goes, "Zmuyam," yeah. uh-huh. and you do that to like a baby, like you do that to a kid. That's like to Aww. like you know what I mean. And she did. That. I was like, "Oh, mom." Oh. <laughs> and then I was like, and I laughed, and I was like, "You, me, like, like you did that to me." And then the way they translated was like, "Oh, you make me laugh." When I was just, I think so. I think that's
2: what the line is. Yeah,
0: but in in reality, what I said was, "Oh, you you like me? me." You clucked clucked at me me. (laughs) totally. Because that's what you do to little babies in Chinese. Chinese people like,
2: yeah, like like they like tease a little baby. Yeah, I wish. I mean, honestly, this is because it did like the BuzzFeed video did what it was intended to do, which is prompted conversations. Like everybody around is like, "Oh yeah, I never talked. You know. And I was talking about this. I ended up talking about this with my roommate with John Enriquez. We we're actually having this really deep conversation about parenting and whatnot Aww, because so I just fun. lost a grandparent. And so I've been like reuniting with my own parents and like talking about a lot of really hard things. But you know, it's funny what we hold against our parents. Like, this is where my conversation with John veered into like, we were both kind of in, 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 Realizing what we should be appreciating versus what we should, what we've grown up criticizing our parents for like yeah. the lack thereof. Yeah it is what it is like we were both having these really big epiphanies <laughs> because for me because like we both had such different experiences he's Filipino American I'm Korean American and but both of us have certain shared things and one of them was the fact that like they never talked to us about puberty they never talked to us about sex about relationships yeah. about how to because and honestly though I thought about it I was like because A they never got they never got anything close to what we yeah. get exposed to even just by watching TV yeah and B like relationships like how are they supposed to talk about that they married the first person that they dated they don't know what it's like they to Tinder date in LA. They don't know. You know? They
0: don't know. <laughs> Swipe right, mom. What do I do? Swipe yeah. left.
2: What you think? You know, like his profile. Like I don't know. But it was just very, very eye opening. And so it's no, it's no longer a critique. Like we're both grown, we're all grown up. You yeah. know, and we're realizing. Look, okay, it's funny now, and I like that it captured that this is just part of how we grew up, and this is why this whole talking about sex thing is important. Yeah, because there was a lack of it. Yeah. And, you know, and then maybe we can change change that now. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, no matter what, it's going to be uncomfortable. Totally. (laughs) What they captured
0: on camera was literally the first time I ever talked to my mom about sex literally literally that's why i was like i was like oh it makes me look like my mandarin chinese isn't that good because the the way i open it up is like really nervously speaking and going like oh so how do i say it um i want to talk to you about sexual relations you know <laughs> that's how it sounds you know in chinese and i'm yeah, just like yeah. oh i could speak better than that but i'm having a hard time <laughs> I actually think my mom would have been i was trying to like out. remember
1: what the term was too when you were you, when you Nan were Nguanxi, for it. or it's like which is it's, like
0: boy girl relations or xing guanxi which oh. is like sexual. I was just thinking like yeah. uh, sex
1: related, like, sexual. Song chong. Is sang is <laughs> like that's more crass like it's a, to, uh, to to
0: get a b- bone to get on the bed. No no no. <laughs> <laughs> to get on the bed. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Not
2: even that crass. I mean yeah. I I think I'm a pushy kid because Korean kids a lot of my friends don't talk about a lot of things with their parents there's a language barrier and then in general there's just like fear of rebuke and like judgment so they don't bring up a lot like a lot of my friends never they were dating and they never ever introduced even you know it doesn't have to be serious but like you've been dating this person for like a year or two Yeah, maybe you want to tell mom and dad it would just be a complete secret yeah like, not like super secret, like, oh I'm dealing drugs, but like it just never was brought up. Or just they like never, yeah, I'm gonna I'm put
0: home. my I'm gonna put my sexy clothing in my bag. Yeah. And I'm gonna change when I leave When the I house. leave and I go to another location. <laughs> but, I
3: usually, like, yeah. yeah, I usually just bring the guys over and eventually they just assume he's my boyfriend. <laughs> but like that's funny there's that no you, conversation. No there's no conversation. No, no, no. And I would kind
2: of I would no like prep. I was I was a little bit of a ball buster because I wanted to not to intentionally make my parents uncomfortable, but I was like, I want you to know that I am not. I spent a long time lying to my parents when I was a teenager, yeah. right? And I got. I was over it. I just yeah. couldn't do it anymore. I was like, "Look, you're I'm not an angel, yeah. but um, you're gonna know certain things about me." So I would joke and I would tell them. I was like, "Yeah, I go clubbing," like blah 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 blah.
0: Okay. Yeah. And would they I drank,
2: and <laughs> my dad was thrilled. Um, he was he was not happy. Yeah. But I'd rather have that, and I stomach that, and I would joke about it, try to make it something funny. But you're like, yo, I'm telling you, yeah, yeah. yeah. Why aren't you appreciating this? You know, <laughs> I think he, I think deep down he they did because, and that's why he tolerate. Again, my dad's just a scary guy, and you'd think that like yeah. if if I told him something like that, I would get shut down, locked in a room or something. Right. But he was just the like fear, Ugh. <gasps> you know. He would yeah. just
0: but that's what happens, though, because we're the child, and so we have these, like, huge, gargantuan fears around what our parents think about and you us. And don't want to
2: disappoint them. Yeah, 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 I'm perfect. I get straight A's, and I don't—I never ingested anything. Asian-Americans,
0: oh. we gotta lean into the social discomfort, is all For I'm saying. For
2: real. That Honestly, r- it makes me feel closer with them, at least. Yeah.
1: like That reminds Did you guys read about that um, Jennifer Pan story? About-
0: yeah, oh, man, you guys. I just— this Ooh. is the Canadian Toronto lady. Yeah, who- I couldn't even Pilderick. open that link. I just saw that the, the yeah. title. It's so like, sad. Oh. But it's I finally read sad. about it. It's really she lied sad. to her her parents about being an overachieving Asian kid, and then um, lied for about going years. To college. Lied about, about going to college. Lied yeah. about graduating high school. Yeah. So
3: that's like over a decade of lying. Oh yeah. But, and then and then what she got and, like a hitman hired and a hitman to was, yeah. kill her parents her mom died but her dad's still alive
0: no it's so real you guys like and I feel like we should also talk about that as Asian Americans too because not that we're all prone like not that we're all gonna be prone to killing our parents but the, the the dynamics yeah and the issues and the expectations that she was facing that it highlights again is stuff that people live with
2: that's what I'm saying that's why I was so astonished like what I was what I was saying and what John and I were talking about and just like what we've experienced with our parents like He, this is not about John, but like I I was realizing how much I held against them Mm. that actually made things that I think are good about me. Yeah. It's a direct result of them being harsher. Like, what, you know what I'm saying? Like, Mm, and and you don't stop and think of those dots don't connect so much (laughs) later. But I'm glad, better late than never, because I don't want to resent them forever. But there's some people who really kind of when you don't talk about it when it yeah. gets suppressed and repressed yeah. and like you just kind of wallow in this like I hate them they are the reason why I'm so
3: dysfunctional Yeah, yeah. it's a dangerous.
2: On I, them yeah, yeah what,
0: what the, the, the well, well she, she was so, so sad she had patterns of sociopathy early on yeah here, so. she's,
3: I think the biggest thing is just the the Communication barrier between us and our parents, and that's what causes these problems. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like I know my parents, they're not very emotionally available because they don't know how to be emotionally they available. they taught how to be. Yeah, they're not taught, and that's not. I think a lot of I did it a therapist. A lot of therapists. I would look at that and be like, oh, there's something wrong with them. Totally. That they're not emotional. Therapists available. who are culturally well.
0: incompetent.
3: Yeah, no. it's, but it's not their fault. There's nothing wrong with them. It's just how they were raised. You and know? they show
2: love in a lot of different,
0: different ways.
3: ways. Yeah. By like, so have many you, different you different ways. Ways. Or, Yeah. Or let me do your laundry. And you. it's also
1: like a, a result of us being raised here where <laughs> yeah. we're, we're we're taught to be independent. We're taught to right. be, you know, like more yeah. like think for ourselves. Yeah. It, I it, love- it's, in, it's incomplete. Not complete, but it's in um, conflict with the traditional values of like where we would have been from. I
2: literally had that fight with my dad. So when my grandfather passed away, I went home for one week and everyone got hella scared, including me, because they're like, oh, my God, I'm just going to spend a whole week with her dad because, like, I was just helping out at the store. But everyone in my family gets tense because my dad and I fight a lot. Uh-huh. But, like, I we li- – but it got real. And, again, it was – it was it, everything happens for a reason and I needed to have that conversation. So, again, I'm – I that's what I thank my family for at the end of the day, as much, like, emotional whatever, like – I I told him this while I was crying. I was like, I'm glad I can talk to you. At least I'm fighting with you. At least we're like exchanging ideas, even though I don't agree with any of them. Yeah, yeah, Not
4: yeah. Not any of you them. You guys
2: talk. Yeah, like at least I know where you stand. At least you know where... I, I, was, I was like yelling at him. I was like, you don't get that like this is a privilege for us to have a relationship. And so like that was something I realized finally at 30 years old and like having lost my grandfather like this is something that I would have even if, if it's upsetting that we're honest with each other. And I was like I don't care if you don't like everything I say but you should hear what I say and get that like I grew up somewhere really different thing. I was trying to explain this to him and we both like calmed down and up being a good combo but it's very 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 real. And I don't think I ever kind of experienced how real it was until that fight. Mm-hmm because you know it theoretically but until like he's saying like that's not how I was raised and I screamed at him like that's how I was like I you brought me here man like I don't know what else to tell you this is not what I was taught I was taught to like think for myself live for myself it's not about you it's not about you know yeah and he never really wanted that but subconsciously that's how he was raised so that's what he expects Mm -hmm. yeah so so different so 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 different
0: real talks man like I don't think we we practice enough knowing how to have real talks well I'm I'm learning how People to try to talk close
2: to us I'm trying to learn how to do that talk without crying but that's that's yeah. the thing with my yeah. family like they get me so emotionally charged yeah. with anybody else I could be super super respectful and calm, calm. and even oh, yeah you know <laughs> and level-headed awesome. and like yeah. articulate and then when I'm with my family it's like
0: <laughs> becomes K drama much for your mama but, yeah.
2: <laughs> but then it also is like yeah. well, this means a lot this is like so so I ahead. just need to grow up a little bit you know. But it was very, yeah. very. It was very real, and I'm glad. And that's yeah. so. Those stories like really hit me. I think that's why yeah. I can't open those links. That
0: Jennifer Pan story, because yeah. it's not just
2: like gossip or like oh, some crazy ass story. It's like, dude, this is like too real. You see intense. the, you see
1: the patterns there. Or yeah. like the, You see like the, the relatable parts to like what we all go through. Yes, yeah. You know, first generation. Like the anger. Second generation. Mm-hmm. You know? Expectations. Yeah. Yeah. Shame, dude. The yeah, shame. the shame
2: part is like that really breaks a, my heart. The lazy will do yeah. crazy
1: stuff. Like I remember a story. Um, I think it was around 2007-2008 where this kid was just like dropped out of school for two years but never told it to their parents. Basically, the day the whole family came for his graduation, <gasps> he called it a bomb threat.
0: Oh, oh my God. God! When was this?
1: This was like t- late 2000, like 2007-2008. Wow. Yeah.
0: And then there was some other Korean kid that like pretended he went to Harvard, right?
1: Didn't you I don't hear about that know. one? Oh, that was, um, yeah, no, some high yeah. yeah. school kid. i sure that happens
2: yeah. like every yeah. day. <laughs> right? I'm just saying. There was a few well, there was just, like, yeah, Communication. <laughs> I'm sorry, we have Photoshop. You can Photoshop. I yeah. got accepted it's to true. MIT.
0: Well, recently <laughs> I think Harvard. it was, um,
1: was this to a Vesin kid or something? Like basically.
2: What
0: kid?
1: Like a Korean girl saying that, oh, she got into like Harvard yes. and Stanford. And, and, then, she, and
0: that she has to choose between the yeah, two and, then, and they're, she's heavily recruited.
1: Yeah.
0: Oh, so that was all fake.
2: That was like last year.
1: That was like that was like a, catfish. a few months ago. yeah-
2: mm-hmm. Well, like, I'm, okay. I'm just saying, yeah, I'm sure it's yeah. like an Asian thing, but I'm wondering how many non- Asians yeah. as well deal with this. Yeah. Well, this became How high profile lying.
1: because apparently, like Mark Zuckerberg and like whatever was like. Well, she was claiming they were like talk to her about it, and then her parents just went, you know, as Asian parents do, so proud of their daughter, bragged, told to everyone all. about yeah. it.
4: And I then it got back
2: in your to mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Bitch you. Mm-hmm. Jumped up Shout and for the bit lies.
0: you. Yeah, I feel like these kinds of taboo subjects, like hard subjects, we just have to encourage more of our community to talk about it, at the very least amongst ourselves with peers, you know, yeah. so that we could figure it out if not, if we're not having these tough conversations with our loved ones, you know? Yeah. yeah.
2: It's funny because I don't think anybody assumes that they're alone, but you never know. Maybe yeah. people really do feel like they're the only ones experiencing that. And even if they know that they're not the only ones, it is really different to talk about it. It was really yeah. different to, like, open up with, my my close girlfriends that yeah. week and, like, pour my heart out about what I had been fighting about with my totally. dad. Totally, It really, yeah. like, it makes me feel less crazy. It helps me, like, yeah. they know what I'm talking about. I don't have to explain it in depth, but there's a connection yeah. built, and I'm like, okay, I... I emotional support. support. You have emotional support. yeah.
1: And I think what Clips was talking about, how, I'll like, therapists don't really get the cultural aspect of it like now that there's there are more you know second generations going into you know all these different fields yeah it's probably better because now you have someone older who may have had a similar experience to you talk to you about instead of having no one totally. and like imagine having like part of what that case was, was like having no one really to talk to that's older and more experienced and like letting those kind of more young impulsive thoughts just take over yeah right yeah Without... i think
3: with therapy you need cultural context definitely yeah. and mainstream therapy does not have that
2: yeah <laughs> But I think well, that's something that's like we're we're like by vocalizing it, it's going to become more of a thing because yeah. they know that they can't like this case. I cannot handle. I don't even know yeah. how to begin to right? approach
1: it. And like you know, therapists are doctors, right? So it's like yes. culturally totally acceptable to become.
3: They're no, not absolutely. doctors. It depends. <laughs> Some depends. people have to
0: become PhDs and doctors. Mm. Well, I dated with not a doctor. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, more. I think there's more Asian Americans going into mental health, too. So that's good. Well,
1: mental health in general was like, yeah,
2: that was a whole other issue of like, we don't have mental health Next
0: podcast.
1: Yeah, we're actually (laughs) running super long. Yeah. Um, Before we go, we actually got an email from one of our listeners. So I'm going to read it and we're going to try to listen to it.
0: Listener email.
1: So if you guys would like to... Submit an email. We will read it because we love emails. It's podcast at collaboration.org. Yay! But uh, here's an email from Lauren from San Francisco. Hi, Lauren. Hi, Minji and Marvin and guests. I wanted to get your input on this, not only for curiosity's sake, but also for the sake of communal, communal dialogue as well. We've seen a shift this past year in the media landscape with more diversity coming into fruition. In the case of Asian American community, that especially goes hand in hand with Fresh Out the Boat being renewed for a second season, as well as Dr. Ken set to premiere this fall. What I want to ask is, based on the circumstances now, how do you think diversity in the media will look in 2065, 50 years from now? I look forward to your thoughts.
0: Well, Lauren, wow. that is a very well composed letter.
2: <laughs> I don't know. That's some Emily
0: Bronte shit right there. <laughs> she's a
2: writer, she's very good. <sighs> Fifty years from now, what do you guys think?
1: Asians everywhere.
2: A lot of hoppas. Asians everywhere. There's gonna be a lot of hoppas.
1: Yeah, hoppas. There's everywhere.
2: gonna be a lot it's gonna be a lot of mixed, mixed. race. Mm. Mixed race folks. But not predominantly, but I mean a lot more.
3: Well, I hope there's like a big movie featuring an Asian as, you know, the central character in a book. Yeah. I think by fifty years, I I. I think by fifty confident. years we'll
1: have like the cast will be more diverse. We'll have maybe a good mix of like maybe the central character not be a white person yeah. every time. You know.
2: Yeah, I think in fifty, I'm very confident. Mixed race,
0: it's going to be mixed race. Yeah. it's going to be like my grandchildren. Yeah, little babies. These are little babies running around. They're like multiple, <laughs> multiple mixed race.
1: And they'll still be watching Mickey Mouse. <laughs> yeah,
0: because
2: Disney owns everything. <laughs> No, I, yeah, I think it'll be, I, I, I have everyone, there's a lot of people I have who are very cynical and probably, you know, very practical reasons. They're like, Oh, that's not going to happen. You crazy. Yeah. Cause they're saying, Oh, it took 20 years. And then like, well, 20 years ago we didn't have social media yeah, and now depends. Cameron Crowe is apologizing for us. <laughs> So You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I yeah. think,
1: I mean, it depends what you think about this whole, like this past year has been very like diversity has become a, a buzzword. But is it going to be just that? Is it just going to be a flash in the pan, and then like after all the the shine's gone, is it going to go back to the no? It's quo? I don't think so. Or,
2: I don't know? think
0: because so because the inevitability of demographic shifts yeah, is going to force can't the go issue. Back.
3: <laughs> I mean, like look at all the colleges in California. There's yeah. so many Asian people. You cannot avoid it.
2: Just minorities in general. I mean, like look at no what other minorities. Yeah. Good luck, Donald Trump. Seriously. Good luck. i <laughs> kidding. Not good luck. Go back to where you
0: came yeah.
1: from. So to answer your question, Lauren. We're very optimistic. We think, yeah, we think this trend going to continue. I mean... I don't I mean, want it
2: to be a trend.
1: Like, what's, you know, it's going to trend up and become... Well, the more that we encourage, like, grassroots
0: yeah. efforts, like, collaboration or other folks who are, like, nurturing and, and bringing support and to creative Asian Americans, uh, writers, whatever, you yeah. know, like, the more that we do that, the more that there will be more talent, to kind of feed into all different levels of the pipeline for yeah, creating media and pop culture, right?
1: And like we have a lot of stories to tell that have been heard. That's right. You know, where's the '90s nostalgia? Well, I guess that's first off the boat, but like teens in like the late '90s, like let's where's that Wonder Years for the Asian years? You know, with the rice rockets and the but see, and the bleached hair and the
2: I know that is yeah. something. This this one, okay. This is just from like an industry standpoint of of understanding mainstream media. To what degree is that going to be interesting to the masses? Right, like it doesn't have so- to be anymore though, because now we're we have so many platforms it can be niche, right? And but I'm saying is it, is watching it. it but is, are enough people going to watch it? Do you know what I'm saying? It's, yeah. It'll be a niche thing. We'll have our, the people who have shared that experience, which is very generational and very, very, very yeah. small group. But like, so I still want it to be made. Yeah. But I'm yeah. saying like, realistically, numbers wise, is it going to be interesting to people that is
3: completely re- irrelevant to? Well, I, mean, well, I think if, that's why food is a really good starting point. Yeah, Because yes. that's something that has reached mainstream and mainstream people want to know more about mm, it. Yeah.
1: And if Islo's High can get multiple seasons, I think an Asian version of that can Totally. Yeah.
3: If people
0: around the country are going to watch a Netflix series about a multicultural group of women in prison, I think we could find something else. Yeah. That they could
2: watch that might have more Asian Americans in it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just saying the Asian years, I don't see that as being particularly...
1: It's a very interesting you don't think sub-culture. it's interesting?
2: I think it's interesting because I lived it, and it has a lot of nostalgic meaning, and like, there's a lot of nuanced stuff and a lot of cultural. I lived it. Yeah. And Yeah, all those I, kids are now like, you know, bankers. But and I don't. Doctors. I personally <laughs> don't think on a mainstream like, f- I think of the entire country, I don't think a lot of people would tune in for that. Personally, it just wouldn't be popular. It would be very popular for the people that it was relevant to. I mean, and that's people, it. Like, and maybe look at like, all, a like the more.
1: TLC shows. Like, if people can watch that, like, but not that many people are interested in like subcultures. I think, yeah. Like I'm pe- saying it, pe- it
2: wouldn't be, like, zero, but it's not going to be on, like, ABC. No.
1: Cable. Kind of is. through the boat. cable network. <laughs> yeah, it just yeah.
2: depends. I feel like it just
0: depends on what gets zeitgeisty, what's yeah. going to capture people's interest. Like, people are interested in rich Asians because they have a stereotype that, like, Asians are rich and, like, China's oh, yeah. rich and there's a threat of China. So yeah. all of that kind of circulates through Well, not just, like, the is being rich. So- it's, like,
1: the China... They're all like nouveau rich. So they're like, yeah. they people who don't know what to do with their money. So they go crazy. So there's well, also like K-pop and like all the doors. Exactly. Like the,
2: that bazooka to open and I'm like, whoa, okay, that's authentic. It's <laughs> funny because I think
3: the producers see this and they have no idea where to start with that. Like yeah. I've gone yeah. calls with people like, oh, do you, do you and your friends want to be on a show? I'm like, I'm not that type of rich asian like there's (laughs) different types that's what you wrote about growing up in arcadia right yeah Yeah, but it's like it's not what you're looking for is not me and just because i'm asian and i grew up in arcadia does not mean i'm the type of person you're looking for and they don't understand
1: that i look for the the ones that come for college or overseas, school. it's like Kevin yeah.
0: Kwan Crazy Rich Asians novel. <laughs> yeah. Singapore, Malaysia, yeah. China, Taiwan, and people.
3: they don't speak English. Like Chinese is still their primary. Language. Yeah, that's
0: true. Some of them will speak English because they're rich.
2: I heard some stories about some like film students that like my friends. Literally, my actor friends were in their student films, and these are kids that have the money to buy the red ca- you know like Camera? the 4K cameras mm. that everyone's dying over they're just like oh my dad bought it for me whatever yeah. and my they're they're driving like for you me. know they're that leasing used to be like, like, the
1: Beamers. like they they're all, they're exactly. all driving M3s and they're
2: like 20 years old yeah bro I want to make a movie and the movie ends like okay yeah and they put all this money into it it's crazy what you can do but that's gonna but that
0: overseas money and the the Asia Asia kind of economies that's gonna influence our Asian American culture right Mm because people in America think we're all the same and so they're gonna be like oh yo they're so rich look at China they're the ones flooding a lot of these university systems too yep honestly I was at Berkeley I, it's not like I, all Asian Americans are going to Berkeley yeah. what, I was they're at Berkeley
1: also, they're, they're also going are all like mainlanders like, yeah. my friends yeah. are all yeah. Cool. a
2: lot of them going to like the younger ones that I know a lot of them are doing community college because they just can't afford it. and like I went to UC Berkeley and they're doing giant tours it was yes. the middle of the summer and there were these real, giant though. tours of like a bunch of fobs I don't know if they're from China from Korea or whatever but it was there were groups of them blobs of them like yeah. touring the campus I was like shit they're taking over like wow, that
0: sounded so xenophobic. I know, <laughs> I know. but like wow. No, I don't,
2: it's just weird because like that's so different than it's a different
0: it is positioning. Interesting, yeah. yeah, like then
2: b- growing up here. Yeah,
0: yeah.
1: It's yeah. so interesting. Another story that we're not going to touch on because it's we're running really really long. But just like the new wave of immigration, like there's there are no more American supermarkets in my city in San Gabriel or now Hamburg. Like the Ralphs became a 99 Ranch, the Albertsons became goes the a 68, and I didn't notice until, like, I think I was driving home last week, and I saw something that, that I haven't seen outside of Asia, which is, like, old middle-aged Chinese man walking down the street with this shirt lifted up over his belly and just, like, waddling down the street. I'm like, that's something that I've only seen in Taiwan on <laughs> with the street. Sandals? Yeah, with yes! sandals. I'm like, am I still in San Diego? Am I still? It's, like, amazing. Yeah
0: just free just <laughs> it's free like, okay chilling i want to live like that. That's, that
1: there's the threshold we <laughs> <laughs> we've hit that we've hit the threshold <laughs> that's the tipping point. now they're living
0: <laughs> like it's asia now
1: they're making themselves at
0: home <laughs> making themselves at home on the sidewalk yo
1: <laughs> yeah well that's a podcast and a half thanks so much to clarissa and jenny for joining us
0: man thanks for talking to us yeah, yeah.
1: before we go just a quick wrap up um Some collaboration updates for those of you who um, stayed with us this far. We got a couple shows coming up Collaboration DC on August 8th, that's a Saturday um, coming up. Um, Collaboration Dallas on August 14th, that's a Friday after that. And Collaboration Chicago on August 15th. So if you want more information, check out their Facebook pages. Um, Tickets are on sale now. And um, of course, you heard last week that we have a conference coming up, Collab Empower, on Saturday, August 29th. It's going to be amazing. And you guys should all come out. Check out our website at Um, Like we said, that's going to be in conjunction with the Comedy Comedy Festival. What, what A comedy what? festival what? run by Jenny Yang. Uh, do you want to do a quick plug?
0: Yeah, the Comedy Comedy Festival—a comedy festival—is going to feature mostly Asian American stand-ups and improvisers, and even some scripted staged readings with mm-hmm. Asian American actors. And we're partnering with the Collaboration and Power Conference, and so on either one of our websites, uh, with ours is comedycomedyfest.com. You can buy actually a nice discounted bundled ticket. Yeah. To go to both the conference yeah. and our festival.
1: Get some laughs, learn some stuff. Get more laughs. And um, check out their diversity showcase.
2: Yeah. 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 Ooh. Mm. I'm excited. It's going to be really fun. Yeah. I just have a really good feeling. It's going to be a fun weekend. With oh, yeah. Great yeah. content in general. And
0: then the two white guys on the diversity showcase. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and you can check out Jenny Yang's stuff on um, her YouTube. Do you have a YouTube? You're on BuzzFeed. I am on, but
0: I need to, I'm, I'm going to be building out more of my YouTube <laughs> content. But my YouTube is, like most of my usernames, it's
1: Jenny right. Yang TV. And check out her website and um, check out her, her stuff. She, Jenny
3: Yang TV. Yeah. Yeah, yeah.
1: And Clarissa, where can we find yours? You you have a website. And, yeah, you it's
3: know. just my name,
2: ClarissaWay.com. Yeah. I was on it. I was looking at your website while we were talking.
1: <laughs> and stay tuned for more um, updates on the Clarissa and Jenny's Food China Recipe Collecting Adventure.
2: On our
0: websites.
1: Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Well, that does it for us. Wow. That this is going to be awesome to edit later. But for Minji and Marvin, um clap clap clap. Thank you.
2: <laughs> Bye guys. Bye. Yay.
1: Come on 10. sleeping in. 9. Girls <laughs> looking fine. 8 my aviator shades Number seven Movie marathons with my friends And six BBQs and picnics Number five Playing Smash Brothers all night Now you might think Nintendo Don't depend on the weather But my thumbs in the summer Move quicker than in the winter Four Chilling in the bay in New York Three vacations with the family Two Spending my summer with you and fact I can like it so much You're my number one too Woke up this morning To a tune I couldn't
0: sing and you can